0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Sorry for our ease of worship program failing. But the good news is that we will have some scriptures on, the, on overhead for you. So that'll be good, because <laughs> we really like want you to fall in the word. Let's turn to Luke chapter five, and while you're turning there, the messages that we've been going over since the first of the year has to do with uh, basically possessing your possessions in 2013. Yes, possessing your possessions, and that's exciting. Uh, this is the we have eight messages that we've gone over and they are in your bulletin so if you look in your bulletin you'll see uh, just a review of of those eight things that I believe that God is telling us to do for 2013 and we have one today is nine and we have 12 things we'll do one uh, next week and uh, we'll take a break from that and come back on the first Sunday in April and we'll do uh, two Found two messages on that which will end the series. So I'm excited about that and in Luke <clears throat> we're going to introduce to you the ninth thing which is God wants us to walk in uh, abundant giving. In other words he wants us to be an abundant giver. That's what he wants us to do because I believe that Jesus Christ is an abundant giver. I believe that God is generous. I believe that God is a giver. Now you will say amen to that. I do believe. (laughs) I do believe. Because there is no greater giver than than can be. No one can be a better giver. Nothing can be a better giver. Uh, No uh, entity, no spirit than to give their life for um, people who don't worship you, uh, don't love you, but you give your life for them. And that's what Jesus did for us. He gave his life for us before we really loved him because we love him because he first loved us. So I'm excited about that, that we're in good company. now. When we're talking about giving, we're in good company. Let's look in Luke chapter 5. That happened uh, while the crowd was pressing around him and listening to the word of God. was standing at the lake of Nazareth and and he saw two boats lying at the edge of the lake but the fishermen had gotten out of them and were washing their nets now when I go over these scriptures today I'm going to teach us a little bit different I'm going to teach from basically my standpoint of what God has shown me what he's done in my life through the last 28 years or so and, and it's not going to be from your standpoint, it's going to be from my standpoint of what God showed me and so I want to do it that way because I have probably been the worst of the worst and I want to just go from there and just let you see what God has shown me. That's all I can do is share because I'm not going to really teach on Things today I'm going to teach on scripture but I'm going to teach because I've taught on given before I'm going to just teach what he's shown me and go from there well he showed me number one is that well I'll go back a little bit further before about 28 years ago maybe somewhere in the neighborhood I was trying to calculate the time with my wife and where we went to Florida and a lady, we went separate. Uh, She went with a lady and I flew in and then we drove back together because I couldn't get out of school in time to go. And we were in this uh, business, uh, small business and we went to Florida for a conference. But anyway, uh, the lady told her that, uh, asked her about tithing, and whenever they didn't know anything about it, whatever. And she told her that uh, you need to be tithing. And if you didn't, you're robbing God and whatnot. And when we got back to Lynchburg, Minerva shared it with me. And I was unsaved at the time. About 28 years ago, I was unsaved. So she um, told me about tithing and told me what it was, because I didn't know what it was. And she said, uh, let's do this. And I said, no way. Uh, we're gonna do this because uh, we can't, we, we just can't afford to live off two incomes now. There's no way, uh, uh, we're both teachers. And um, she said, well, if I can find a way to do this and we still live, would you agree to it? And I said, well, if if it's not going to cause us any hardship, you know, we're going to still be able to eat. We're going to still be able to do everything we do now. Yes. Now, of course, uh, uh, she was wise enough to say, okay, I need your permission, but also into, okay, as long as he can eat something. You know, long as you know, <laughs> long as he can, he can make it. Then fine. So, um, so she started tithing, and, and uh, about two years later, because my, my youngest daughter Brandon was 31 now, she was about three at the time, and uh, she said, "Well, I'm going to start teaching the kids when when Brandon got five. So two years later, she started teaching the kids about tithing and offering and things like that, and I didn't have any parts. Of it, really. I didn't have anything to do with it because I was unsaved and and didn't care. I was just coaching, and uh, that's all I cared about, uh, unfortunately, was coaching. And I didn't get involved with the family as I should have. And I'm I'm trying to share with you how it was. And so uh, about eight years later, I got convicted of my lost condition, uh, being in the church. Because I, I was in the church at that time. Uh, we, we started going to church, and I started going on because she asked me to go. Um, and for her, I went. Not for God, not for anybody else. I just went for her uh, and the children. So um, um, I got convicted of my lost condition, and I, I, got, uh, I got saved. I asked God to come into my life, but it was a home. Uh, I kneeled and asked God to come into my life because I, I didn't want to go to a place that it was hotter than 90 degrees. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I just came to the Lord like that. It was like fire insurance. I didn't come because I loved the Lord. I didn't come because of any of those situations. I came because I just didn't want to go to hell. So, um, uh, so from that point, I started learning. Thank God for teaching church. I started learning. And um, uh, from that point, I started wanting to start give something towards God. Give something. So I would make up my mind. I'd give a uh, dollar, two dollars, five dollars. I worked at the five dollars, and um, each week I'd do something like that. Um, uh, well, not each week, really, because I didn't have it each week. I got paid once a month, so I'd do it, do it once a month. I'd give about five dollars once a month. And Minerva, though, in the meantime, was doing her thing. Uh, she was tired, and then. Uh, she started uh, talking to me and letting me know how bad I was uh, and, <laughs> and which uh, I was and started teaching me about giving because she um, is a giver and I didn't know that at the time uh, but she was a giver so. so she started teaching me things and, and sharing with me things and I was resisting, just like I did with health food, just like in anything else. I resisted everything that, that, was, that didn't taste good, feel good. Uh, I, was just, I was just a sense. I mean, I, I went by my senses. That's all. That's all I did. In, in the church. <laughs> in the church. So, um, so in a way, uh, one thing led to another, and God started bringing a little conviction on me here or there. And what happened was I started going down to a church, in North Carolina to conferences when I would visit home uh, her parents when I visit her parents we'll go to a conference down there, and they start t- they were teaching on giving and so and, and teaching on tithing and so I start learning some things there and start trying to put them into practice, trying just dibba dad in, in it and one of the things that that came to me uh, is this verse here. So let's look at it a little further. In verse 2 um, he, he, he saw the two boats now lying on the edge of the lake but they, the fishermen had going out of them watching the net. Verse 3 and he got into one of the boats which was Simon's and asked him to put it all out a little way from the land. So obviously he wanted to get away from the people a little bit because they were pressing probably and now he's sitting a little bit distance from about maybe from here to you and he was teaching them. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out, your, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night and caught nothing, but I would do as you say and let down the nets. And when he had, gone, when he had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish and their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat for them to come and help them and they came and filled both the boats so they began to sink. But Simon Peter saw that he fell down at Jesus' feet saying go away from me for I am a sinful man Lord uh, for the amazement has seized him and all the companions because of the great catch that they had taken. Now the principle that I learned was that you can't outgive God. Simple as that. You cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. And I started learning that by watching what Minerva was doing, and then she teaching me and telling me, and then I'll see things happen, and I said, okay, you can't outgive God. And then it's in scripture. So, because I started learning that I wanted to. I wanted to know the word of God. I wanted to obey the word of God. But I needed to know whether it was sure or not that it would happen because I didn't want to step out and try to obey something that it wouldn't work because then I would have lost my money. I didn't want to lose no money. I wanted to gain. And so, I mean, that just that's the way I was. So, so therefore, does this thing work whenever? Does this thing work? And, of course, uh, this scripture tells us that you can't outgive give God. Now, 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 Peter didn't loan him the boat to get in a, in a fish, did he? All he did was just, hey, you can, you can take the boat, no problem. But God says that you did this for me. I'm going to do this for you. I said, wow. That's interesting. Okay, so I don't want to give just to get something. I want to give because it's the right thing to do or I'm, I'm blessing somebody. I'm not interested in, in now doing that. Then I was. So I said, well, okay, first of all, I got to know whether this thing is true or not. So let's go to another scripture. Uh, uh, let's, let's go to Psalm. Let's go there. That's an easy one, Psalm 119, 8 and nine. Let's go there for you have electronic devices. You can hit that, and it's on, on the screen there. Psalm 119, 89. Now there we have something that it says, when I read that, I said, oh, this, this is, this is, I wonder, is this really true? Is it really true? Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So, okay, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Isaiah 55 go there is, is, that, is this really true now now of course you all know I'm speaking now past so I'm coming up to the future and you, you all never have been there maybe but that's where I was and so another scripture that was impressed upon me Isaiah uh, 55 starting 8 verse 8 it says for my thoughts are not your thoughts and neither are your ways my ways declared the Lord for the heavens are higher than, your, than the earth and, and, and my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts for as the rain and snow come down from heaven do not and do not return there without watering the earth and making it to bear and sprout and furnishing seed to the soil and bread for the eater so shall my word be to go forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me empty or King James might say void without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it so I said okay now we have scriptures here and it says that it's forever settled in heaven that means it's settled and if I'm thinking one way and it's opposite from the word that means that his thoughts are not my thoughts his ways are not my ways so therefore I need to line up with just what he says and not worry about my mentality which was very limited in the word of God I knew nothing so why even think about well that doesn't make sense to do that Jesus I mean why would I do that he said your thoughts are not my thoughts your ways are not my ways so I said, Well, okay, I'm learning, I'm learning. I need, I need to then be the one to teach Iver, Cam and Brandy, because we've never been teaching them. I need to, they need to see the Father doing something. And so as time went on, I knew that the Word of God is true. So I said, Well, let's turn to Joshua, would you please? Turn turn to Joshua, Father. Joshua, probably 24, last chapter of Joshua. And um, I said, oh, God, if I'm supposed to do this thing, I need to teach it to my children. I need to see where other men of God are doing this thing because it doesn't make sense all the time to do this thing. And it's going to, start, it's going to be a hardship. My daughters see that I, that I don't know what I'm talking about and I'm going to cause them to fail. It's going to be bad news. And Joshua, we know, was a great leader. We know he was, a, he was mentored by, come on, Moses. And we know that he was a servant of Moses. We know that Moses uh, laid hands on him and, and uh, spoke over him to God, ordained Joshua to take him into the, come on, promised land. Joshua was a great leader. So I said, okay, what did Joshua say? Let's look in verse 14. We're on 24th, last chapter. Verse 14 and 15. This became... One of my uh, famous things, I, I quote it all the time. Matter of fact, I put it on a, I had, a, uh, somebody gave me a, a little plaque. It wasn't a plaque. It was uh, kind of framed something that hung it in, in uh, my, my bathroom on Park Avenue. And it says, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods Which small g, which your father served beyond the river in Egypt, and served the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me, that's what it was on this slide. But as for me and my house, whole king james Bible say we will serve the lord and i stood on that with a lot of things with a lot of uh, things that i start being really convicted about and some people in the church was calling fanatic about is as if uh, i don't care what y'all do for me and my house this is what we're gonna do this is what we're gonna do this is what we're gonna do and so uh, my girls will say, well, well they're doing this over here. They're, they're allowed to do it. I said, as far as me and my household, this is what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do. So I start standing on the word. And these are things that God is just showing me how to be tenacious about the word of God, his word. Then another verse started becoming very, very powerful to me. Even though that's the first thing that was taught to Minerva about this later, Back when I said 28 years ago. Uh, let's turn to Malachi 3. Let's turn there. And it's a verse that all of you know. And love, <laughs> maybe, it depends. And I'll tell you what God showed me about it what impact it had on my life and why it had an impact on my life. Malachi 3, verse 7. We'll start in... in, in uh, yeah, we'll start at 7. Um, this, is, this is Malachi. He's telling them about their, their ways and things like that. Well, God is bringing conviction on them because they were doing things that they weren't supposed to do. Their, they, their, their laws told them they were supposed to offer this as a sacrifice, do this, do that. And they were not doing those things. They, they, they were not doing it. And so he sent... Uh, Malachi let him know and then he says from the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statues and have not kept kept them return to me and I will return to you says the Lord of hosts but you say how shall we return will a man rob God yet you are robbing me but you say how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings you are cursed with a curse. For you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, so that there will be food in my house, and test me. Now, in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I would not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Verse 11 Then I will rebuke the devour for you, so that it may not devour the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. Now that was something that stood out to me, and what, and that's actually what the lady told Minerva, that she was robbing God, and that's what Minerva told me. The lady said, we're robbing God, and of course, I I, I didn't believe that, And, and since that time, uh, And and I'm now teaching in life groups and things like that in the church. Uh, Not an officer of the church or anything, but I was teaching the word. And I'm I'm finding out now, okay, well, this is Old Testament, see. Uh, So why in the world would I want to think that I'm robbing God? I'm not under curse because in Galatians uh, chapter 3, it tells me that we're not under curse because Jesus Christ has become a curse for us. So therefore, I'm not worried about being cursed. Uh, So therefore, this is not for me. And God started bringing conviction on me is that, well, you're not on the curse. Why did I set it up in the first place for my people anyway? What, what was the law for? It's a convict of sin and to bring them to Jesus Christ to let them know they can't, they can't be righteous by falling out, out with anything. So that's okay. Then... I was asked him, have you changed? He said, no, I'm not changed. In other words, my heart is that my people be responsible and give. And give significantly so that they'll take care of the things of the kingdom. It's important. And I made it a law for them, and they were under curse, but you are not under curse, but it hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. I'm still the same. I said, okay, then help me to see what you're talking about. Help me to see it, because I need to see it. And he said, I, I, all I'm trying to do is teach my people how to live in blessings. That's all I'm trying to teach my people to do. And my people are praying, asking for things, not realizing that I'm the one who's going to rebuke the devout. That, that, let's say, don't worry about a curse. Just think, if you are not pleasing to the Lord, because we gave you Colossians, you remember we gave you Colossians chapter 1? We gave you that, 9, 10, 11. And we told you that you have to uh, be, fo- well, at least Paul was praying for the church the uh, Colossians, he was praying that they will be filled with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Well, he said, my will hasn't changed. That's my will, and if you want to be full of my will, then that's my will. Financially, I'm trying to help you. I'm going to tell you things to do that's not lining up with the world system, but it's lining up with my system. And if you do what I ask you to do, you're going to succeed. You're going to be blessed because my system is based on faith so this was based on faith see they were under law they were trying to keep a law and that was what was wrong with the Pharisees they were trying to keep a law and they were trying to uh, do an outward show of things and he was trying to let them know I don't want you doing something outward I wanted to be inward that's what I wanted to be inward and so therefore if you would change your heart and, and make your heart pliable to the Holy Spirit allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you then you're going to be blessed and you're going to be like the kingdom is. I said, okay, show me some things what you're talking about, what you're talking about this hard. Let's turn to Matthew chapter five. Because see, we get hung up on the law and, and uh, thinking that we're not under a law, which we aren't, we're under grace. But see, we don't understand that God's heart hasn't changed at all, but we don't know his heart. So God is trying to let us know that the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into what his heart is. And if we would watch Jesus, Jesus understood the heart so he could teach a different way than the the, uh, Pharisees could teach the people. Like in uh, uh, Matthew 5, let's look at 20. Now, he was talking to Matthew, it was written basically to the Jews. And he was telling them, for I say to you. That unless your righteousness surpasses that that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. The Pharisees was trying to do outward uh, compliance with the law, rules and regulations, and it couldn't be done anyway. And he says that yours have to surpass them. I want you to be, your heart to be towards me. I want you you to be doing uh, things for me according to your heart. According to your heart not an outward show of something. You can, anybody can do something outwardly because you're watching them. But the inward thing, that's what you want your children to do. You want your children to obey you because they have a heart of obedience. That's what you want them to do. Because when they're away from you in college or wherever they're with their friends, they're going to still obey you because their heart is towards you, towards being obedient. Whereas when somebody's doing something outwardly, then when they're away from, away from you, they'll, keep, they'll, they'll do what they want to do because you don't see them. He said, you have heard, verse 2 and 1, that the ancients were told you should not commit murder and whosoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother, so he, he's, he's giving them something else. Now, is this a, is this a lower standard than the, than, than, than the law? what do you think it's a higher standard let's look at verse 27 you have heard that it was said you should not commit adultery which is one of the law but I say to you everyone who looks at a woman with a lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart is that higher or lower than the law but we are under grace though and see people think that grace is a lower standard than the law they think that we can do, because we're under grace, we can do anything we pretty much want to do. Because we're under grace. We don't have to obey all these, these crazy laws and all this stuff in the Old Testament. No, we don't. No, we don't. We have to obey Jesus. That's what we have to do. We have to be led by the Spirit. Now, how is, how is, Jesus I don't do anything except what I see the Father do. In other words, the Spirit of God is not going to lead us to doing what Jesus is not on Jesus' heart, he's not going to do that. So if Jesus is telling us these things, like in verse 38, uh, hey, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a two for a two. But I say unto you, do not resist the evil person. So he, these standards, we say, man, grace is hard. Why do we think then that he's talking this way? Look at verse uh, 19 of chapter 6 of chapter 6 verse 19 he said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on the earth where moth and rust and destroy and where thieves break through and steal now we've been taught basically I, I imagine uh, most people have been taught that it, it, you know you need to store up for yourselves that's a selfish thing that's something we all came into this life of selfishness, and that's what we do pretty much. We want to look, look out for self. He says that I don't want you doing this. Verse 20, But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust or where thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So when I found out that, I said, well, okay, Jesus is after my heart. That's what he's after. He's not after my money, which is his money anyway, right? He's not after that. He's not after our treasures. He's not after our possessions, but he doesn't want our possessions possessing us. That's what he wants. He he wants, he said, I want your heart. If you will give me your possessions, then I know I'll have your heart. I said, oh man, this is, this is, Pretty hard here. It's pretty hard. Why does he want my heart? He died for it, didn't he? I told him, God, if you would save me, I would serve you with all my heart. You you have me. You died for me, so therefore I give my life to you. Right? I give my life to you. But I'm thinking, When I said that back then, well, I'm thinking I give my life to you so that you can save it so I won't burn in hell. That's that's all I'm I'm caring about right now. I'm not thinking my life has to do with my possessions and everything, my wife, my children, everything, my job, everything is his. I wasn't thinking that way. But he was trying to tell me that. I said, oh, okay, wow, this is pretty interesting here pretty interesting so then he gave me Luke 16 I mean, this changed my life Luke 16 let's turn there these things I've gone over with you before but I've never shown you the things because there's so many scriptures uh, but I'm giving you the ones that's made the difference in my life and why it's made a difference in what he was sharing with me about it in, in 16 chapter 16 Luke chapter 16 he was telling me in here he was showing me. You know that. You know the history of it. You know about the unjust steward. You know about that. But this is what he was sharing me. In verse eight, it says, "And his master praised the unrighteous manor, manager because he had acted truly for his sons, for the sons of this age." are more true in relationship to their own kind than the sons of light. Now, what do you mean the sons of light? Finish the sentence. You know, what, what are you speaking of? In other words, they use everything within their means and their intellect to make room for themselves to, to, to uh, be, they can still be unjust and they'll make excuses for it. They'll find a way to get out of this thing And that's what this man was doing. He said, what are you using of the kingdom principles to make room for you? Because all of our treasure is going to fail one day. I don't care if you have a trillion dollars. It will fail for you one day. You said, no, because I, I'm going to put some investment, and I'll live on, on my interest on that, so it's never going to fail. It will fail for you when you die. You will not take it with you, guaranteed. Guaranteed. It would have failed for you. Somebody else will have it for a while, but, but you won't. So the only thing that he's trying to teach us is you, in this way, he said, you need to take your possessions and try to use it for kingdom purposes because that's what's going to bring you rewards in the end when you get there what you have done with the things I've given you I said well how do I do that? now what he was showing me I'm just telling you that now see I'm I'm kind of out there so uh, what he was showing me is that this man did not this is way back okay. 20 years ago. He was showing me that this man did not cancel 1% of the debt to make room for himself. Is that true? Let's look at it. Verse 4 of chapter 16. I know what I should do so that when I am removed from management people will welcome me into their homes and he's Summoned each one of his master's debtors, and he began saying to the first, How much do you owe, my master? He said, A hundred measures of oil. And he said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and write fifty. Huh. He owed a hundred, but he's going to pay back fifty. How much did that unjust manager counsel? Half of him. That's what percent? 50 percent. Okay. Then he said to another, verse 7, How much do you owe? He said, A hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill, Write 80. Okay. Hmm. He had a, owed 100. He wrote 80. How much did he cancel? 20 percent. I said, okay. Okay. Now, just think. Suppose he would have counseled, a 100, pay back 99. Guarantee you he would have made room for himself. Because I mean, he could have stayed home. I mean, don't, don't bother me talking about how much I owe, owe you if you're not going to counsel no more than that. You're going to have to do something significant. In other words, if I'm going to let you in my house after your management fail, for you to stay with my house, you're going to have to do something significant for me. I said, okay. Now, see, see most people don't see that, so they say, well, uh, they're just thinking about the other things. He says, he, but see, God says that he praised the unrighteous man because he had acted shrewdly. So what he told me during that time, and I'm still acting on it, is that I want to do something significant for the king. That's what I want to do. How can I prove that I have changed from being stingy Willie Taylor? How can I change that? How can I, how can I prove that my heart has changed from being covetous, being this is mine, I want this, I, I, I'm not going to give that? How can, I, how can I prove that that's changed? How can I prove that it's changed? Into the heavenliness. Because we have spirits that hear everything you say basically, and uh, they, have, they have people, spirits are watching trying to find your weaknesses. They don't care what your weakness is, they just want to, want to find a weakness so they can, they can do you in before God. So we can't give enemy a place, can't even give them a foothold. So we have to be trying to be sanctified more and more every day. So how can I make sure that my heart is right? What he shared with me, and that's what I've been doing for up 20 years, is that God, I want to see how much can I give to start reaching towards that 50%. Now, it's it's crazy for most people. Most people is crazy because they said, are you trying to do a law or something? No, I just see things in the scripture. I wonder about them. I said, I wonder if this thing is true. I wonder if I did this, what would have happened? Have you ever wondered that? But see most of us won't step out on faith to do it and see that's the difference between law and grace we've been saved by grace through come on faith and, uh, is that right yeah everything in the kingdom is a faith walk so I said I got to step out on faith in these areas do. So, so I want to see how much can I give and still live. That's what I want to do. Now, I know that I have to get some things in order, get my debts, you know, take care of it. I got to clear up some money. I got to do, I got to do a lot of different things. You know, but still, I, I have that mentality. I have that mentality. Now, you might not have, but I have that mentality. Wouldn't it be great if you could give 50% of, of what God gives you? And still live. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be great? You say, well, I have to be making a million dollars to do that. No, you won't. No, you won't. You won't. You won't have to be done that. Just don't let possessions possess you. you know? let's, go, let's go a little bit further. Now, here's a man after God's own heart. God called him that. Who did he call a man after his own heart? King David, didn't he? Uh, let's look then at Chronicles uh, first Chronicles, let's go there and uh, we have two scriptures more after this one, and, and we'll be through. I'm just trying to share what God shared with me. Nothing else. Verse 20 1 uh, Chronicles 29 That's all I'm trying to do is share what he shared with me. Uh, why I do what I do. Not what I do, you do. I'm just telling you what, what I do? Because I love I, I, I love the word. And I said that I don't want to be saying I love the word, but I don't do the word. I don't want to say I you know I don't do all the word because I'm afraid that if I do, it might fail. But that's the mentality that I used to have. If I do it and it fails, oh I'm gonna be up to creep. But he said his word would never fail. And we all quote that his word is forever settled in heaven. He said it is, you know, (laughs) come on. We do all these spiritual stuff that we hear in church, don't we? If you said it, it's so, you know. Yeah, well, won't you do it? Uh, Well, I'm not on the law. I'm not required to do that. No, you're not required to do anything, you know. But what the spirit tells you to do that's what you're required to do now he told about David he said David was a man after my own heart do you want to be a man after my heart yes Lord I want to be a man after your heart you know yes indeed but see we always want to do stuff that David did that, that suits our purposes that's what we want to do but who's a person after God's heart they think like God It think like God God wants to know that do I possess you or does somebody else possess you these gods. Okay, chapter 29, verse 1. King David said to the entire assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is still young and inexperienced, and the work is great. And, and for the temple is not for man, but for God. Now with all my ability, I have provided for the house of my God. And he provided the gold, the silver, uh, I mean, the bronze, I mean, wood, he, Everything. Everything, he, I mean, he provided. And he says, an alabaster in abundance at the end of verse 2. Then he says, moreover, in my sadness. Did he say that? What did he say? In my delight in the house of my God, the treasure I have of gold, silver, I give to the house of my God over and above all that I have already provided for the Holy Temple. As, now, that, it, it should have been enough, all the stuff David did, but his heart was, I just want to bless God. I want to be able to bless God. I can't take it away from here anyway. I want to bless God. Then he says, start naming the stuff 300 talent, 700 talent, the gold for the things of gold, bronze, everything. Everything. Then in verse 6 it says something interesting. Then, not until then, not until then. Then the rulers of the fathers, of the fathers' households and the princes and the tribes of Israel and the commanders of thousands and the hundreds and the overseers of the king's work offered willingly. God always wants willingly. He doesn't want, he doesn't want me, you, or nobody else trying to extract money out of people. He doesn't want to do that. He wants people to give willingly because it's a hard thing. And what he says is that, in verse 7, and for the service of the house of God, they gave, they gave all these 500 talents, 10,000 diaries of gold, and 10,000 talents of silver, and 18,000 uh, talents of brass, and 100,000 talents of iron. Whoever possessed precious stones gave them to the treasure of the house of God. It says in verse 9, then the people rejoiced because they have offered so willingly, for they made their offering to the Lord with a whole heart. See, giving brings rejoicing because of your heart is right. Your heart is right. And this is what David says. Verse 7. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Indeed, everything that is in the heavens and the earth, yours is the dominion. O God, O Lord, and you exalt yourself as head of all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all, and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen everyone. Verse 13. Now, therefore, O God, be... We thank you and praise your glorious name, verse 14, but who am I and who are these people that we should be able to offer generously as this? For all things come from you and from your hand we have given you. For we, were, we are sojourners. That's the, uh, the theme for the children. We are sojourners before you and tenants. As all fathers were, our days on the earth are like a shadow and there is no hope. O oh Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have provided to build you, you a house for your holy name, it is from your hand and yours. David knew that it it's only by grace that he was able to do that. He knew it's only because God has touched him to do that. I want a heart after God, just like David. That's what I want. And so that's what I was trying to do, to to have a heart like David, is, God, I want to be like David. Help me to be able to give generously. Just give, 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 give. Neglect myself, don't don't worry about me. You take care of me, because you said so in your word. Didn't you say so in the word? Didn't you say that, I seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and what did he say? All these things will be what? Added to you. That's what he said. That's what he said. So either he's, either he's lying or he's telling the truth. We know he's what? Telling the truth. Let every man, let every man be a liar, not God. He's telling the truth. So uh, he said, You can't outgive me. I gave you one verse. You can't outgive me. You cannot outgive me. Turn first Kings chapter 4. You cannot outgive me. Don't you even think you can outgive me? Don't even worry about it. You're not going to outgive me. Anything you want to do, set in your heart to give to me, it's going to be all right. You cannot outgive me. I'm going to give it back to you. I'll give it back to you. Uh, Second Kings. It's not First Kings because that's, that's not good. Chapter four. Now, oh, this is so good. This is so good. Oh, you're going, oh, you're going to love this. Now, you, you already, you, uh, you, you've heard it before now, but, but you, don't, you haven't heard it like this. Let me, see, let me show you something. Verse 8. And there came a day when Elisha passed. Now, who's Elisha? He's a prophet, right, of God. Okay, he was Elijah's servant, um, and Elijah passed the baton on to him, as God did, and now he's a, he's a man of God, the prophet. He passed over Schumann where there was a prominent, now we said a prominent, prominent. That means well-to-do. That means wealthy. That means rich. That means she had money. Okay? And she persuaded, she, she had a husband, she was married, and she persuaded him to eat food. So, and, and so it was, as often as he passed by, um, Uh, that's what he, 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 he would turn in there she said to her husband hey husband behold I perceive that this is a holy man of God passing by us continually please let us make a little walled upper chamber and let us set a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lamp and it shall be when he comes to us he can turn in there and she did not have to do that. He didn't ask her. To, did he ask her? No. One day he came there and turned in the upper chamber and rested. You cannot outgive God. Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shulamite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. He said, he said to him, Say now to, the, to her, Behold, you have been careful for us, with all this care, what can I do for you? Can't outgive God, can you? What was he? He said, he said, "Would you be spoken for the king, to for the king, or, or to the captain of the army? I'll do something for you." And she said, "Answer, hey, I live among my own people. She don't need them She don't need to speak to the king, no, captain of the army." So he said, "What then is to be done for her? I got to do something." She's doing this for us. I got to do something. Jesus did something, didn't he? Yeah, he he loaded them down with fish when they couldn't catch anything. His servant is no different. What can I do for her? So he called her. Well, Gehazi answered, well, truly, she has no son and her husband is old. Because that that was very valuable back then. And he said, call her. When he called her, she stood in the doorway. Then he said, at this season, next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, no, my man, God, no, don't you, don't lie to your maid, sir. The woman conceived and a son at the season next year, as Elijah said. Why do you think God did that? You said, well, it would have happened anyway. She would have had something. I guarantee it wouldn't. Guarantee it wouldn't. If she wouldn't have stepped out, if it just did something, she didn't have to do it. She, all she did is do it. She did something out of kindness or her heart, did you? And God repaid You cannot outgive God. Sometimes you say, Well, you said if I give, it'll be given to me. Good measure. Shake down. Uh, press it together, shake down, running over me and giving to my bosom. If I give money, I'm going to get money. No, 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 no. God showed me, No. You just give of your possessions. I would decide how I'm going to bless you. Now, I like that. Don't you? Even though now we might want money, right? It's not all the time what we need. You know what I'm saying? Especially if there's a rich woman that need it. But we could be poor and we don't need it. Right? If if you think of people like... uh, Cornelius, you think of people like Zacchaeus, you think they have need, but it wasn't for money. They need salvation. We have needs that you don't even know you have needs. You have needs that you know you have of also. You have needs that you can't do anything about. Not one thing. You prayed and nothing has happened. Nothing. Sometimes God might want you to step out on faith and just do something. There are so many needs around this world, isn't it? Why don't you step out and do something? Not say, you know, I need some, I need some money, so I, I think I'll give some money. So we'll see. No, just bless God. That's all you have to do, just bless God. In a way, the Holy Spirit leads you to bless God of, from all over the world, so many needs, just bless God with something. You say, I'll give a dollar. Well, we already told you, <laughs> at least he told me, that you, you're not going to cancel anybody's debt now, giving them, and they're not going to let you into their house if you're going to cancel one little barrel or half a pint or a tea, teaspoonful of nothing. You better cancel something that's significant. You say, well, man, I don't like that teaching. Hey, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you what God showed me. And that's what we... As far as, I'm still going on those same things. As far as me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. Okay? And we're going to follow them because what he showed me, he might not show you. And you might say, well, that's error. Well, let me be an error, please. Because is it going to hurt you? Is it going to hurt anybody? We see from Scripture... It can only do good, right, to somebody if God doesn't even give me nothing, do nothing. He's given me the salvation of my soul. He has delivered me from 90-degree heat when I die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so let's end on, on, on Corinthians, second uh, Corinthians, let's end there. I know we're going over, and I haven't done this 15 minutes over in a long time probably about years but that's okay It's only one message you know only one message I'm just trying to share it. this is the scripture that the elders know that I live by 2 Corinthians 9 this is a scripture that the elders know that I live by because God gave it to me I'm not only giving you the scriptures he's given to me that stood out now of course I read the whole Bible and he's given me the whole Bible but I'm saying the ones that stood out in this area okay because he wants us to be bountiful givers that's what he wants generous givers that's what he wants Second Corinthians 9 6 tells me and he said now you remember this now now I say to you he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully he's not talking about what I'm going to reap he's just saying you're going to reap it each one must do just as he has purpose in his heart. God is after the heart, not extracting nothing from nobody, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. If you read the amplified, cross He loves, can't do a doubt mean, He's prompted a, 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 a prompted do giver whose heart is in his giving. I mean, God loves him. He loves them. He loves him. Mm-hmm. He loves him. Because most people, heart not, not, doesn't have a given heart. Like my heart was twenty years ago. It was just a ginger heart. Now, it says, and God is able to make oh, all grace. It would have been good if he said some grace. But he said all grace. I mean, grace in every area. All grace abound to you. Not just trickle to you. Abound to you so that you will always, not sometimes, He said, always having all sufficiency in everything. And then he didn't say for you to go pile up for yourself and then think, ooh, look at what it is. No, he said, so that you may have an abundance, oh, I love that, for every good deed. See, God, God, he will, he will pour through, he will pour through a giver. He will keep giving you more and more and more because Later on it says that he he gives bread to the sea, uh, sea, bread to the sea soil. He also multiplies your sea song, it says in here. So he's going to keep flowing through a giver in order for that giver to keep blessing the kingdom. He's not going to flow through a stingy person. He's just not going to do it. Because what are they going to do? Hold it up for themselves. They're not going to do it. They're going to buy more stuff. They're not going to do it. So I want to be that type of said, and I'm not there. me, I am not there. My wife, she's there. She, I mean, she man, everything that come out. Sometimes I don't want to tell her. Oh baby, you know, guess what? We get back from the from the tax. How much we get back? I don't, I don't want to tell you. I was on the, on the I was on the phone the other day and uh, asking about because we. I told you we we found out the house got a, a lower interest rate and and. And um, the escrow that's in there, they sent it back. If it's over escrow. And they sent it back. And uh, they said, I'm gonna give I was talking to him on the phone, I have a speak phone on. And I said, uh, how how much did you get back? Okay, okay. And Nero came back. Hey, what did they say? I said, oh, <laughs> 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 oh, oh. <laughs> I'm not there. I wanna be there. I wanna be there but I'm not That's Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom@comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.